I'm back with another episode for my podcast, Boxing Talks with Ashley. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about the history of Jack Johnson. So, yeah, I'm going to get started. Boxer Jack Johnson was born in Galveston, Texas in 1878. In 1908, he became the first African-American to win the world heavyweight crown when he knocked out the ringing champ Thomas Burns. The fast-living Johnson held on the title until 1915 and continued to box until he was 50. He died in an automobile accident in Raleigh, North Carolina in 1946. The first black heavyweight champion, John Arthur, known as Jack Johnson, was born on on March 31, 1878 in Galveston, Texas. The son of ex-slaves and the third of nine children, Johnson possessed an air of confidence and drive to exceed beyond the hard scrabble life in his his parents had known. After a few years of school, Johnson went to work as a laborer to help support his family. A good deal of his childhood. In fact, he was he worked on boats and sculleries in Galveston. By the age of sixteen, John Johnson was his on his own traveling to New York and later Boston before returning to his hometown. Johnson's first fight came around this time. His opponent was a fellow longshoreman, and while the purse wasn't much, just $1.50, Johnson jumped at the chance and won the fight. Not long after, he earned $25 for managing to stick out four rounds against professional boxer Bob Thompson. By the early 1900s, the six-foot-two Johnson who'd become known as the Galveston Giant, had made a name for himself in the black boxing circuit and had his eyes set on the world heavyweight title, which was held by the white boxer Jim F. Jeffries. Jeffries refused to fight him. Though he wasn't alone, white boxers would not spar with their black counterparts. But Johnson's talents and bravado were too hard to ignore. Finally, on December 26, 1908, the flamboyant Johnson, who often taunted his opponents, he'd beat them soundly, got his chance for the title. When champion Tommy Burns fought him outside Sydney, Australia, Burns, who had succeeded Jeffries as champion, had only agreed to fight Johnson after promoters guaranteed him $30,000. The fight which novelist Jack London attended and wrote about for about for a New York newspaper lasted until the 14th round when police stepped in and ended it. Johnson was named the winner from there. From there, Johnson continued his cause for Jeffrey to step into the ring with him. On July 4, 1910, he finally did dub the fight of the century. More than 22,000 eager fans turned out for the bout held in Reno, Nevada. Um, after 15 rounds, Johnson came away victorious, affirming his do- domain over boxing and further angering white boxing fans who hated seeing a black man sit atop the sport. Jeffries was humbled by the loss and what he seen of his opponent. I could never have whipped Johnson. That's what he said. I could never whip Johnson. 
At my best, he said, I couldn't have hit him. No, I couldn't have reached him in 1,000 years. For the fight, Johnson earned a purse of $117,000. It would be five years before he relinquished the heavyweight title when he fell to fell to dress Jess Willard in a 26-round bout in Havana, Cuba. Johnson continued to fight for another 12 years, hanging up his gloves for good at the age of 50 years old. In total, Johnson's professional record included 73 wins, 40 of them being by knockout, 13 losses, 10 draws, and 5 no contests. As Johnson became a bigger name in the sport of boxing, he also became a bigger target for a white American that longed to see him ruined. For his part, Johnson loved to be bandaged. His, his wealth and his disdain for racial rules. Um, he dated white women, drove lavish cars, and spent money freely, but trouble was always lurking. In 1912, he was convicted of violating the Mann Act for bringing his white girlfriend across the state lines before the mar- their marriage. Sentenced to prison, he fled to Europe, remaining there as a fugitive for seven years. He returned to the, Uni- to United- to the United States in 1920 and ultimately served out his sentence. His life came to an unfortunate end on June 10, 1946, when he died in an automobile accident in Raleigh, North Carolina. Johnson had three spouses, all of whom were white women, which caused great controversy. His first marriage was in 1911 to Brooklyn Socialite and divorced Ida Terry Terry Drea. Their relationship was anything but stable, and Drea, who suffered from depression, ended up committing suicide in 1912, just a few months after Drea ended her life johnson married lucille cameron but she divorced him in 1924 because of his philandering a year later the boxer married irene panui and the remain and the remain together they remained together until his death in 1946. since his death johnson's life and career have undergone a major rehabilitation his alleged crimes are now seen as the result of social bias in law enforcement. In 1970, Johnson was portrayed by actor James Earl Jones in the film adaptation The Great White Hope, which was sourced from 1967 play by Howard Sackler. Jones and his co-star Jane Alexander both received Oscar nominations for their work on the film. 20 years later, Johnson was inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame and his life also became the subject of the acclaimed Ken Burns documentary, Unforgivable Blackness, 2004. So yeah, this is the history of John Johnson. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode. And yeah, don't forget to tell your friends and family about this podcast. So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. Peace.